every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio. After. comes in. Oh, McCalmont couldn't quite sort his feet out. That yes! back again. And we spoke about the early goal, and inside the first three minutes we have done just that. And it's courtesy of the right boot of Liam Gibson. Burton Albion nil more can one. It's a delightful finish from Liam Gibson. The ball falls to him just inside the visitor's box, and he side puts it into the top corner. And it's more than one. It's Burton nil. What a start by the Shrimps. I think he did more than that, Matt. I think he, he curled it delightfully into the top corner cab. What about that for a start? Absolutely fantastic finish there from Liam Gibson. Very decisive there. Burton probably gave him a little bit too much room, but he certainly took full advantage. I didn't know he had that in his locker, to be honest, Matt, either. What a fine finish it was. Uh, bear in mind, he's left-footed, he's a left-back. To curl that one in with his right peg, what a goal. Well, it's a delightful finish, isn't it? Absolutely made up for Gibbo. We have just got to be careful we don't get caught napping on the break. It has happened to us a number of times this season. Corner comes in with the left-footed. Oh, it's gone straight in. And it happened against Wickham Wanderers two weeks ago. And it's happened again here tonight at the Pirelli Stadium. And Morgan's lead has lasted just two minutes and it's an equaliser directly from a corner. And it's Burton Albion one, Morecambe one. That is a, a terrible way to carry on after going one goal ahead. I think it was Adam Phillips, unfortunately. He just let it go past him. I think he got his angles wrong. It goes right into the back of Carl Evans' net. And that is a terrible, terrible way to respond to going one up for the Shrimps. That's not the response we were looking for there, Gab, by a long way. No, well, you were saying before the game, Dave, that we could be looking for a, a high-scoring game, and it's certainly panning out that way. Uh, obviously, worrying defending then from, from Morecambe from that corner is something that Stephen Robinson will have to sort out if his side want to consolidate at this level as they're on course to do. But uh, some great running from Johnny Smith in the lead-up to that goal. It's going to be another Tom Hamer long-range throw. They're effectively like corners, these, aren't they, from Hamer? They are, aren't they? Such... Power in, oh. <laughs> and, then he just, and then he just dollars it down to Lucas Aikens on the right-hand side. Aikens up against Stockton, Aikens has got the crossing. Oh. It's a free header and Burton Albion have turned it all around here after 14 minutes and we just fell asleep at the back and that's been the story of our season really. We thought it was going to be a long throw from Tom Hamer. He just dinked it down the line to Lucas Aikens and he shrugged off Cole Stockton of all people who was tracking back defensively, chipped the ball in and it's nodded home unmarked from six yards out. Burton Albion two, Morecambe one. I think we've been caught off guard there. I don't know if the lads fell asleep expecting the long throw. And next thing you know, it's in play, but really poor there, really poor from Morecambe, really disappointing. Yeah, that's the, that's the danger with Tom Hamer's long throws, because opponents are expecting it. Uh, obviously, Morecambe are, uh, Morecambe are uh, dropping deeper, which means he's got more space to go short, and I think that's how the goal came from, but slightly questionable marking from the trips there. Another corner comes in from Adam Phillips. Oh, it doesn't beat the... Oh! That hit the post, I think, from Adam Phillips. He nearly scored direct from a corner himself. Uh, ball in towards the edge of the box. Oh, it's found the back of the net. And Burton Albion have extended their lead three and a half minutes into the second half. 
and you have to say another very defendable goal. This time it's from 25 yards out. Just a snapshot came in and it beats the despairing dive of Carl Leatheran and nestles nicely into the back of the net. Burton Albion's three, Morecambe one. Yeah, it's the worst possible start to the second half for Morecambe, isn't it? It's one I'll have to see again. Um, it looked as though to be in the corner, but could Leatheran have done a bit better? I'm not too sure, but regardless of what we think, it's... Uh, it's 3-1 to, to Burton Albion, what a disappointing start to this second 45. And lots to do now, Gab, for the Shrimps. Lots to do, yeah, I think we mentioned about that vulnerability in terms of defending balls into the box in the first half. I think in the second half so far we've seen that Morecambe may be missing a, a tenacious presence in midfield because you've got Dear Garaga who's the deepest one and then you've got McCallum on to Adam Phillips slightly further forward but there's no one really skipping around and breaking up play and I feel like that's something that's missing at the moment in Stephen Robinson's side. Good finish from Tom O'Connor. Cooney chips in his feet of Stockton. Go on. Go on. Could be a game. Stockton oh. one. And you'd bet your mortgage he was going to break the net. He's put it wide and over the bar. What a chance that was. I'll tell you what, how close can you be? That's a massive chance for the Shrimps to get a goal back. Gab, you'd bet your house on Cole Stockton burying that. You certainly would with the form that he's been in. It was uh, a lovely diagonal ball to the left and he made a good run there, but he just couldn't quite get it on target. Cooney towards the edge of the box. That one. Oh, oh, O'Connor and the ball is indeed in the back of the net. And it's Cole Stockton's 12th goal of the season. His first one with his head as well. It's probably just going to be a consolation because we are deep, deep in stoppage time. But Morecambe have found a second goal. A long throw from Cooney, flicked on by O'Connor and nodded into the back of the net for Cole Stockton's 12th of the season. It's Burton 3, Morecambe 2. Is it too little too late? Quite, quite possibly, not much time that's added. There we go. Well, there we go. And we barely had time to kick off after Cole Stockton's second goal for Morecambe. His 12th of the season, his 10th in League One, proves just to be a consolation here. And you have to say that Morecambe have absolutely shot themselves in the foot defensively once again. We keep saying this week after week after week. We've got to defend better. Reaction to the action. This is the Shrimps verdict on Beyond Radio. It's not good enough simply, you know. Collectively we know that. He scored another two goals away from home. And we scored three the week before and we don't come out with any points. And you know, make no mistake, we see the same as everybody else. We work tirelessly on on the things but it's difficult to legislate the first goal. People let it go thinking it's gonna out of play and it goes straight in. The second one's a free header in the six-yard box we spent 45 minutes working on yesterday. So it's it's difficult to legislate and we know it has to be better. You know, we, we can't accept that. The difference between the two teams, there's a nasty streak in them. You know, they won tackles, some verging on possibly being, you know, a little bit more than what was given. But they have that, that streak in them and we don't currently have that. And let's make no mistake, I know what we need. I, I know what we need to work on and I know what we need to do, uh, you know, going forward in terms of recruitment. It's a fine balancing act, isn't it? Because you are now the joint top scorers in League One in your first season at this level. You've got to have that balance between defence and midfield. Is that what you're sort of struggling to find? Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't probably got the people in the building to, to get the right balance. And the squad was put together very, very quickly. It's work in progress. You know, and I take full responsibility for that. I know we need to steal your side to our game. People tell me we're very entertaining, but you know that, that's simply not acceptable when you go and lose them goals because the goals are 
nobody is working for the goals. They're not great goals, you know. The Preston goal that was scored against us in the cup, great goal. You can't stop that. But some of the goals, the individual errors that's costing us are are very very hard to justify, and and very hard to change on a training pitch. So I know what we need. We need more steel in in the middle of the pitch. You know, both in the back three or four um, in the middle of the pitch in, in terms of a ball winner we know we need that you know and it's disappointing because the performance of Alfie McCalmont tonight he didn't deserve to be on the losing team you know Toome's the same and you know, I, you know I thought that Cole scores again I didn't think he was at his best but he scores again you know them boys didn't deserve to be on the losing team so it's up to me to rectify that through through hard work through getting the team to to gel, as you say, to get the right balance between it, and you know we're we're aware of that. It's it's not that we're not working on it. We spend hours tirelessly on it, um, and if that can't be worked on with the current crop, then we obviously know that what we need to do at Christmas. You're setting a high standard, aren't you, for your team this season? You mentioned the the amount of signings that you made. You've already beaten Sheffield Wednesday. You've made some real, uh, really good performances in this campaign. You, you've set a standard. You want your players to reach that, don't you? Yeah, we, but we can't accept mediocrity, and you know if. That's what we got to. You know, we've seen some of the tackles they put in. You know, we put a tackle and pick somebody up and throw the ball back to them so they can break on us. There's a real naivety in our play, and that's the young and experienced ones. And as I say, it's a, it's a work in progress. I am fully, fully aware of what needs to be done and what needs more and more work. And as I say, you can work all you want on the the first goal is you know it's unexplainable, and you know the second goal, a free header from a, a, a throw, is crazy. Um, so we have to do something about that and we're, we're doing our very best to do that as I say the, the, the squad was put together very very quickly and I know what we need to do both on the training pitch and in terms of how we solidify the team a little bit more yeah I suppose it's going to be a roller coaster of a season isn't it but yeah and, you know and credit the fans that come up here they're still singing they're still singing my name um, you know but I, I can't accept that and I take full responsibility for it and it's, it's something I will rectify and put right kept going until the end though Stockton's got another goal we, I can't question their desire it's not fitness levels it's not organisation the goals that are being scored against us are, are crazy individual errors that you know either you have to take people out of the team or they have to you know the concentration and mentality has to change and that's that's up to me I have to change that the coaching staff are working tirelessly to do that and you know we'll, we'll continue to do that and we will get it right that I'm determined with fantastic great quarter point of the season then Stephen I suppose you've, you've kind of answered that one where do you see us at uh, the quarter point um, not nasty enough uh, I don't think we've got a steely side to our game we're pretty on the eye we pass the ball well at times defensively we have to be better we need people with more aggression in the team um, we need to win more battles and second balls what they done better than us was they won the first contact and they landed on the second they their tackling and some of their aggressiveness and by the way I'm, I think it's good it's not a complaint from me we need to add that to our game and we haven't maybe got the personnel to do that at the moment but we will do we seem to have been coming up against these kind of sides Burton Wickham were the same weren't they very physical the high press breaking with pace and, and, and we we didn't seem to have the answer to it well I mean lately the teams we've played long throws and, and launch, launch balls into our box is most basic bits of football but it's allowed so we have to deal with it and we haven't dealt with it simply and, and I, as I say I take full responsibility for that the the personnel that we've got at the moment we're trying to make better we have to try and make them better and if not we you know we certainly know as a coaching staff how we need to make them better and why we need to make them better and what we need to add to the squad either the current squad or with additions 
I suppose it's difficult though, isn't it, with the, the congested, I mean, obviously we've had the two-week break, but the congested fixture list as well, that doesn't help in terms of coaching. No, you don't get loads of time, but that, look, that's not an excuse. As I say, the, the goals are unexplainable at times. You know, we've scored five goals in two games and, and no points. You know, I find that, I find that incredible. Um, it's not something I usually associate with. My teams are very hard to break down. So, you know, we, we have a soft centre to us at the moment, you know, and we need to, you know, without, you know, I, I never lambast individuals. It's a collective, me right at the head of it. So it, it's up to me and the coaching staff to drag more out of our current crop of players and, and obviously look to recruit a little bit more steel if, if that's feasible. And it's Saturday, Tuesday again after the break we've had. Not many home games either this uh, these last little stretch I think it's one home game in nearly two months and being on the road all the time that doesn't help either yeah but that's excuses uh, you know I don't do excuses it's you know solely we're in control of our own destiny we're in control of dealing with the first goal and the second goal and the third goal um, you know nobody's nobody's scored worldly goals against us that are unstoppable individual errors have killed us um, throughout the last month actually from the start of the season and it happens and as I say I take full responsibility and the staff we know what we're trying to work on we know what we need to do. Simple as that, and we need to do, we need to do it as quick as we possibly can on this journey. And that's going to be the difference, isn't it, between us struggling or us being okay this season? With without the individual errors, you're looking up the way. With the individual errors, you're looking down the way. You know, and there's as a collective, we have to demand more of each other, me included. We have to demand and not accept that people beat us the first contacts and 50-50 balls. We're pretty on the eye. We score lots of goals. We're entertaining. That's not good enough. That's not acceptable. We need more. Thanks, Gaffer. Cheers. Thank you. Yeah, obviously, a huge disappointment uh, to take the lead so early with a great strike from Gibbo and then just the timing of goals we seem to be conceded at the minute, really uh, shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, obviously, it's not good enough and we, we need to address it. Yeah, the manager said he, he, doesn't ex- he won't uh, accept mediocrity and has obviously criticised the defending tonight. But there are so many good things about Morecambe this season, it's, it's hard to, to point out the negatives. It's your first season here. Yeah, I thought there wasn't a lot wrong, really, between the boxes. Yeah, played some good stuff, created good chances. Um, even the second half, we had a lot of pressure in their box, but just a mistake, you know. Two two mistakes from set pieces are costing us and costing us the games at the minute. Um, and again, go back to the timing of it, it's, it's just shooting ourselves in the foot. It gives the opposition a huge lift to score so quickly after we uh, after we took the lead. And um, yeah, no, I, I agree. I feel like we played quite well in parts of the game tonight. Uh, it wasn't a lot wrong, but. Ultimately, it's, it's small margins at, in professional football and, and we're not making the most of it at the minute. We're, we're shooting ourselves in the foot. It's a learning curve, isn't it? Went to a back four tonight after the defeat at Wickham. But tonight, when you went to a three at the back, you seem to push on, get the ball higher at the pitch. Yeah, I think a bit of that maybe their free one up. They naturally probably drop back a bit. We're obviously pushing for a, for a, a second goal to try and maybe you know get back into the game. Um, but yeah, you know, they're the two systems we play. Um, obviously, the manager's flexible with, with how he sees and how he wants to go with it. Um, and yeah, obviously, I think a, a bit of that, like I just said, is, is worth obviously trying desperately 3 1 down. We've got nothing to lose. They probably naturally drop back a bit. And I, I thought we'd done well. We created chances. We, we had loads of crosses into the box. Just obviously scored the second goal uh, too late. And, um, and yeah, it's a disappointing night. When, when the club made 18 signings in the summer, yourself included, um, Obviously, a lot of people sort of raised a few eyebrows, but has it been easy to to gel together as a team and get to know each other? Yeah, I don't think there's um, been sort of disjointed performances on the pitch. I think um, we're very, very well drilled, uh, super organised. 
Obviously, the staff need a lot of credit for that. Um, I think when you put so many new players together, of course, it'll take time to gel, but from what I've seen, there's not signs of sort of disjointed performances. Um, I think it's just individual mistakes, set pieces, um, you know, cost you massively at all levels of football, especially this level. And uh, we need to be better in those areas. Because it, you might go to Cheltenham on Tuesday and win 4 0, and I don't think anyone would be surprised. <laughs> well, that, yeah, that'd be great, yeah. Um, yeah, no, like I said, I feel like we're playing well. We're creating chances, we're scoring loads of goals. Um, you know, I'll go back to the, the timing of the goals we can see is really poor at the minute. I think we got away with our crew. They scored straight after the second half. We'll tune up at Wickham, we can see within five minutes of the second half, it gives the opposition such a huge lift. And tonight we go 1 0 up and we can see probably less than two minutes after going that again. It gives the opposition a huge lift, gives them momentum, gets the crowd behind them. And we need to be better at when we do go ahead of you know being ahead for longer, sustained periods, um, putting more pressure onto them and not letting teams back into the game so easily. Um, and that's, that's down to us, that's in our control. Because it's a fine balance, isn't it? Because you don't want to be the team that sits behind the ball and defends and stays up without entertaining. You want to be goal scorers, you're the joint top scorers in the division now. You want to be that team, but it's finding a balance between defending and, and attacking, isn't it? Yeah, spot on. Um, but I don't think. Getting, I don't think the balance isn't isn't right. I feel like without the ball, we don't get cut open really. I think we only had one chance, and that was from one of our mistakes um, tonight. It, it seems to be set pieces, you know. Um, tonight was two two goals. And, you know, we, we scored a good goal, one 0 up after three minutes, and then we find ourselves two 0 down after 50, uh, two one down after fifteen minutes through a long throw. And um, I was just, sorry, it was. The, uh, long, yeah, a, a throw in that he played short that we didn't switch on to for the second goal and a direct corner, you know, that, that's not good enough. It's two set pieces, that, things that we um, we can control. So it's you know we've got to look at it ourselves and, and address it and, and put them right moving forward. Do you go through the performances with the coaching team individually? Will they assess your performance, make you watch back what's what's good and what's bad? No, not individually. We go through it as a team. Um, they'll put clips together of, of strengths and weaknesses of, of the performance. Like yeah, for every game, whether we win or lose, I'm sure they obviously will do that. And like I said, and you said it, you know, don't feel like play, when you're playing in the game, there's a lot wrong yeah, between both boxes. But yeah, both boxes are ultimately where games are won and lost, fine margins. Um, like I say, we, we seem to be just shooting ourselves in the foot. What's Stephen Robinson like as a manager? I think he's brilliant. Um, so organised tactically. Um, and listen, he, he can't control them two goals. You know, we work so hard on set pieces, spend a lot of time on it. It's just individual mistakes. Um, from, from, and like I say, we've got to look at that ourselves. It's nothing, there's only so much a, a manager or a staff can do. Um, but yeah, I think he's really good. Um, super organised tactically. His attention to detail is... He's very, very good, one of the best I've seen. So, yeah, it's, it's only so much he can do, really. Uh, it's down to us as players who, who cross the line to, um, to put that right. Finally, for me, Scott, I, I, it would be remiss of me not to mention Cole Stockton. He's got 10 league goals now for the season. What's it like to play with him? I think it gives the whole team confidence. When you've got someone in such good form, it gives everyone a, a team a lift that you can go into it. You know, you're going to go into the game and you're going to create chances you'll put them away uh, I think he had one shot in the first half um, he had a great chance actually in the second half that I thought was a foul and then he scores later on um, and lifts the whole team you know, I've played in teams where you don't know where the goals are going to come from and it just sucks the confidence out the whole whole team the whole whole club um, obviously we've got that now with Cole he's absolutely flying goal of the month player of the month and um, he's just got to keep that going he's a level-headed lad I'm sure he will so 
um, well, the longer he's in that good form, you know, the better for us. EFL pundit Gabriel Sutton's alongside myself, Dave Salmon. Uh, Gab, your thoughts on the game firstly? Well, I think Burn Albion deserved the win. Harry Chapman was fantastic. You've got to give them a lot of credit for that. Um, I think with more, from Morgan's point of view, we've talked about how good Cole Stockton has been this season. He's not going to keep up this goal-scoring record. That's not an insult to Cole Stockton. That's just the case. And I think because of that, there could be a drop-off from Morecambe from a goal-scoring perspective. So you're going to have to tighten up and, uh, defensively in various issues. Started really well for Morecambe. We, we scored very early on, maybe too early in, in one sense, but it's a good finish from Liam Gibson. Yeah, absolutely. A rifled finish from Liam Gibson. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what season Robinson goes for at Cheltenham, whether he picks the Greg Lay is a bit better, a bit more of a surger going forward. But Gibson certainly started the game pretty well. We couldn't hold on to the lead, though. We continue the goal directly from a corner against Wickham Wanderers in our last game at Adams Park. That one was at the back post. This one was at the near post. We had a man on the post, Adam Phillips. Couldn't get his angles right. Leather, and I think they left it for each other. We've only seen it once. I'm not sure whether it went straight in or it might be a Kyle Leather and own goal, but you've got to defend corners like that better than what we did. Far better. They far, shouldn't score from, from that angle. Far better. I think in terms of Adam Phillips, he's a midfielder who's great going forward, loves making attacking runs, loves to create. He's good from those, uh, those scenarios. You could question from one point of view whether Adam Phillips should have been given the responsibility of defending uh, the near post. So although I would criticise him and his handling of that goal, should he have been put in that situation? I think that's a conversation that Stephen Robertson will have with the backroom team. And then just five or six minutes later, they take the lead for 2-1 and it was a free header. And you can't allow, at any level, at park, pub, pub football level, you cannot allow a, a player to nod the ball in unmarked from five yards out and that's exactly what we did. Yeah, I think um, looking back at the game, uh, that's an area where Anthony O'Connor and Scott Wilson uh, really struggled in. They had good periods in the game, but that's not enough in the centre-half. You've got to be, be consistent and not allow free headers. And it felt like Burton had Connor Shaughnessy, who was fantastic. I think Moore can miss that dominant presence in central defence. And that was a huge issue when it comes to balls coming into the box, whether that's from corners or from deliveries from wide. It was 2-1 at half-time. We bought on big Jonah Ryunga. I've been bigging him up before the game. Gabby Nye is a juggernaut. He's a real bulldozer of a, of a forward player. But we shot ourselves in the foot again. OK, it was a good strike from, from, from 25 yards out from, from Tom O'Connor uh, to make it 3-1. But after that, it was always going to be a, a, a long second half for Morecambe. Yeah, absolutely. And I mentioned one issue, which is the lack of a dominant presence at the heart of the defence. I also think, and I mentioned this a few times on commentary, there isn't a tenacious ball winner alongside Diagaraga. I'm not questioning for a moment Tamani Diagaraga's spirit and his desire to do well for Morecambe Football Club. Not for a moment. But I don't think he has some abilities. The other side of 30 now. And I think that Alfie McCallumon, he's fantastic on the ball tonight. You said he played really well from that point of view. But he's got to be that destructive presence as well because the way Stephen Robinson plays, Diagaraga is the, pre uh, the pivot. But he needs support from Philip and McCallumon. And I don't think that was there tonight. We needed to, to close the shot down long before we did. I, I, OK, it was a decent enough strike into the bottom corner, but from 25 yards, we should not be conceding goals like that. And then after that, it was always going to be an uphill battle, Gab, wasn't it? We tried. It wasn't quite clicking, though, in the final third. We didn't work the goalkeeper anywhere near as much as we would have wanted to. No, not at all. Um, I think that there were attempts to get the ball forward into Cole Stockton, 
and Jonah Ayunga in that second half. Um, but I think sometimes they held the ball up, but there wasn't always that that option, that bit of pace, that bit of trickery, that bit of quality between the lines. Adam Aaron Wildick put himself about and did a decent job, but they missed a little bit of quality between the lines, feeding off Ayunga and Cole Stockton. We thought with uh, bringing Jonah Ayunga on, perhaps that would have uh, maybe uh, have taken the pressure a little bit off Cole. It just wasn't quite his night tonight. It was summed up, wasn't it? We could have got back to 3-2 with plenty of time left in the half. Did really well to get into the box. He was bearing down on goal and we thought, right, he's going to break the net here. And he put it over the bar and that just about summed it all up. It did a little bit. And... Obviously, it was a really presentable chance for Cole Thompson that he fashioned himself really well, I, I would add to that. But I'd just like to see in that second half a bit higher engagement, a bit more aggression from the top. There are just a couple of times where, you know, a younger, when he wasn't able to hold it up, he, he maybe lost the ball. And you want him to react to that. And again, the midfielders need to follow them up. And again, that little bit of intensity to sustain the pressure, because I didn't feel like Burton were really strained for their victory in that second half. I think Burton are a good team. I think we've come up a lot of, against a lot of good teams over the last few weeks. And Burton, under Jimmy Floyd, Hasselbank, they play a very certain particular way. Another physical side, high press, hit with pace on the break. And, and we just couldn't handle that at times tonight. Not at all. I thought Harry Chapman, um, although probably unpopular with Morecambe fans for that tackle uh, in, the, uh, in the second half. But he was fantastic in terms of that ball carrying ability, bit of pace as well. He had moments of real quality. And again, I come back to that uh, absence of a disruptive defensive midfielder. That's what Morecambe were missing because you've not got anyone keeping an eye on um, on Harry Chapman and that meant that he was able to really threaten the likes of Anthony O'Connor and Scott Wutton. Does that put too much pressure on the defence or, or do the defence need to do more as well? Both, I think. I think. I think it's a combination of things. I think when it comes into balls into the box, there's obviously an issue with just someone who can have that calming influence on the defence. I don't think Morecambe have established that so far this season. But on the other hand, I think there needs to be more done to stop balls coming into the box, to stop counter-attacks in their tracks. And again, two areas where at least one of them Morecambe have got to improve on. Because the attacking side of the game, I don't think they're going to be able to keep up because Cole Stockton's form has been absolutely incredible. But if he gets the 20 goals, he'll have done extremely well so he's not going to keep up that way so Morecambe have got to find ways of tightening up either in terms of defending the box or in terms of stopping balls coming into the box one of the two if not both Cole of course scored another goal his 12th of the season uh, but it was literally the last kick of the game no, no they literally just kicked off and then it was the full time whistle yeah. so nothing more than a consolation there who has impressed you for Morecambe tonight Gab? In terms of Morecambe I would say that there were moments from Alfie McCalmont in possession some of his crossfield passing was absolutely outstanding and you can see from that point of view why Leeds think he could be the long-term heir to Calvin Phillips if he if he moves on and I can see why you know he's he's seen in that department but if he's going to replace that kind of player he's got to do the dirty work as well and I don't think there was one Morecambe player that you could say really stood out in all areas I think there are some players that did well in certain areas of the game but weren't able to produce complete performance so it's collective responsibility I think tonight. So you've seen a, a really good, for the neutral at least, you've seen a, a good open game of football in League One tonight. This is how this is the story of Morecambe season, really. Well, I think that's 40, I meant that 42 goals for and against now in 12 League One matches. So we're at the quarter points of the season. It's those 14 points. We've got to start being tighter at the back if we are not going to get dragged into trouble. And I think that's going to be the key as to whether we have a successful second half of the season or not. 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd be interested to see if Stephen Robinson brings in Ryan Delaney for the game at Cheltenham because I've seen Ryan Delaney in the past and I think he's a really committed defender, brilliant in terms of last-ditch defending and he's got that spirit and character about him and he's left-footed as well, which I think will help progress the ball and maybe give the left-back, whether that's Lay or uh, or Liam Gibson and maybe the left-winger as well, whether that's uh, Nahoa uh, or, uh, or Wes McDonald, a bit more uh, possession in advanced areas. So that that's one thing to look at, but Ryan Delaney could be could be worth an opportunity. Then we need Shane McLaughlin back. I think he will yeah. definitely start. He's served the final game of his uh, three-match suspension. And he's got energy, tonight. Dave. And I, got... I think that's the difference, Gab, isn't it? We need that. That I, I call it the yard dog, the, the Alex Kenyon mentality, if you like. Yeah. From he's tenacious. He's going to win the ball. He's, he's not. He's not going to be pretty at times, but he's going to do the dirty work in the heart of the midfield to allow our more creative players to then do what they do best yeah I think the issue the the way Stephen Robinson sets up he wants to be to get into positions where Tamani Diagaraga is stepping on to second balls in lots of space now to be able to do that you've got to be able to press high up so that opponents are forced into misplaced passes and clearances so that Diagaraga can step onto those balls and if that's not the case then it's a huge amount of pressure on Diagaraga that he doesn't have the legs to deal with and then you're seeing lots of pressure on the defence you watch a lot of league one and efl football gab have you seen enough in morecambe tonight to think that we're going to be okay this season well, this is an individual game, Dave, so uh, of course, probably not tonight because the defending, you can't say up in this league if you defend corners like that and if you don't have uh, that destructive side to the game, which I think was missing from Morecambe. But over the course of the season, we've seen what Cole Stockton can do, what other players can do in terms of creating going forward. Arthur Nahua, until tonight, had been re- in really good form and even, I think he showed flashes tonight, but um, I think Stephen Robinson will demand more in that trip to Cheltenham. And of course... Full match commentary, as ever, here on Shrimps Live will be uh, at Wadden Road uh, from 7.30 on Tuesday night for the build-up and the whole of Cheltenham against Morecambe Live. EFL Pundit, aficionado of everything to do with the Football League. I've wanted to get you on Shrimps Live for a while and you finally said yes, so we're really grateful for that. Uh, Gab, thank you for joining us in the commentary box. Uh, thank you for your insight, your, your, your input. You are a real stats man, aren't you? I know people follow you on Twitter and follow you uh, on, on the blogs that you do for various uh, other websites. You are, it's all in your head though, isn't it? Yeah. You, you've not written a single thing down tonight. 95% of the people I've met call me a stato, so... Uh, yeah. <laughs> and finally, Gab, the, the sales pitch, where can we find more of your work online and on social media? Sure, so you can drop me a follow if you'd like to, at Gab Sutton, and you can also follow the hashtag EFL Debate. I speak to managers, owners, fans, everyone really involved in any EFL club, so EFL Debate, the hashtag, and Gab Sutton, at Gab Sutton on Twitter. Especially if you need any, any fashion tips. <laughs> That's what uh, I you're my inspiration Dave so oh, I, I work off you uh, Gabriel Sutton thank you very much indeed for your company Fashion. on Shrimps Live tonight that's an absolute pleasure Dave and all the best to the shrimps for the rest of the season now let's look ahead to Tuesday night Morecambe on the road again in League One we have the long trip to the southwest Wadden Road the Johnny Rock Stadium the venue for Cheltenham Town against the mighty shrimps full match commentary of course on shrimps live uh, on air from 7 30 on tuesday on beyond radio and on i follow too but ahead of the game i've been talking to local newspaper journalists with gloucestershire live uh, also radio commentator and a long-time follower of cheltenham town mark halliwell and uh, Mark has been giving us the lowdown on all things Robins ahead of the game on Tuesday. So, Mark, I suppose 
Cheltenham are a bit like Morecambe, really, in the sense that they're a, a relatively new football league club over the last 20 years or so. But it, but but they have been quite an established club in that time. Yeah, we've done OK. I mean, we, we had our little blip around uh, 2015 when we got relegated back to the National League. But uh, Gary Johnson pulled off a bit of a miracle, really, in getting us back up. Basically, he was told, you have to get us back up or the club's in trouble. That was basically how it how it worked and he signed 18 players that summer and managed to get us back up again which was a re- pretty much a ridiculous uh, feat to be absolutely honest with you and then um, we've managed to he managed to sort of establish us in, in the league again without really pulling up any trees and it's only really since Michael Duff came in in the last three years now that we've that we've sort of started to really uh, push forward with last season winning the League Two title, as as you know, and uh, and yeah, I mean, I think both sides, I think both sides are quite similar in that in that vein. Morecambe, well, I would say Morecambe uh, are even more remarkable in the fact that they do it without massive. I mean, our crowds are around sort of three to three and a half thousand, but uh, Morecambe's I don't even think are that are that big, are they? Or they? I suspect been, they're getting a few more now. They've yeah. now they've managed to go up. Yeah, they they are they're just under about just under four thousand average yeah. home games so far. But that was that Children's was a cheap, a cheap season yeah. ticket initiative, and obviously riding the wave of, of promotion and so on and yeah. so forth. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, I must admit, I've got a bit of a soft spot for Morecambe. I do like going going up there. It's always a I think I find it one of the I think they're one of the most friendly clubs in uh, in the football league that I, that I come across, especially. Mainly, and every time we go there, it's, it's it's great. You get you get such a nice, warm welcome there, and everybody's ever so so helpful. You don't get that at, at all clubs, and uh, and then you got the legend that's Derek Quinn, of course, the only man I know who can <laughs> do a radio report and about seventeen newspaper reports simultaneously. Yeah, I don't quite know how the bloke. That. I don't quite know how the bloke does it, but uh, yeah, I mean he's he's an absolute legend, and so and I do enjoy going to uh, to Morecambe, and I must admit, I always keep an eye out their results because I find them because I think the two clubs are on a bit of a similar plane really and uh, I mean Cole Stockton's done unbelievable this season I mean what a fantastic I mean he's one of those players I think Paul Mullin was a bit like that he's one of those players who sort of had a had a had a career in the football league without really pulling up any trees and then Paul Mullin had that fantastic season yeah. last season and now Cole Stockton sort of started the season in in a similar vein, and I think what he's got nine in eleven or something. It's it's he's he's had a fantastic start. Yeah, eleven in all competitions as we speak now. I think all strikers go through that that at some stage in their career, don't they? Where yeah. they just they yeah. just can't miss. And Cole certainly no. in that form at the moment. Yeah, he certainly is. And I mean, I think Morkham have started very very well. I mean, Charles started okay. Um, we. Up to the last three games, we'd scored in every every league game before we came up against Wigan, Sunderland, and Rotherham, which was always going to be three tough games. And uh, Wigan, but Wigan and Sunderland, we didn't really we didn't really compete. We almost went into the game knowing that we were going to get beaten. Uh, Sunderland was very limp. We we. We surrendered a bit there, to be honest with you. We weren't great at Sunderland. 5-0 could have been more. Uh, Rotherham at home, we competed in the first half, didn't compete really in the second. As soon as they scored, that was pretty much uh, pretty much it. And that, But we've played seven, I think, before Saturday. 
before the, looking at the table before Saturday, we'd played seven of the top nine yeah. already. So we'd had a, we'd had quite a tough start. So three wins, three draws, five defeats isn't the end of the world for us. I, I, I suppose that that is it, isn't it? Certainly for us, it's it's that learning curve of the one major difference I think I found between League Two and League One is that everything is just that little bit better, that little bit faster. Yeah. The pace of the game is more relentless. You're punished mm, just is. that little bit more for every mistake yeah. that you make. And it's just that little bit better in every department. Yeah, it's, it's, it's non-stop. Every game, I mean, every game I've watched, especially the home games, they've been really good games to watch. I think that's mainly because teams have come to Cheltenham. Teams used to come to Cheltenham in League Two and a few would come and shut up shop. You'd, you'd have two banks of four or a five and a four and you'd have teams thinking, right, OK, we'll shut up shop and try and nick a 1-0 or something like that. But that doesn't happen in League One because I think teams probably look at Cheltenham and think, right, we can get three points here. So they come they come to Cheltenham and they play on the front foot and you've got, I mean, we've played, um, we played Milton Keynes, we've played Wickham, we've played Ipswich at home, uh, we've played Oxford at home and they've all been really good games because all those teams have come to try and win. I mean, Wickham beat us, we drew with Milton Keynes, Probably should have lost the game, but they only scored in the last minute. We beat Oxford, we beat Ipswich, and they've all been they've all been really good, entertaining, open games. And you don't always get that in League Two. And also, just the quality of players. You look yeah. down the list of you sit there and you sit there before the game, and you look down the list of of you know, the opposition team, and you think, what the neck? Yeah. And he was in the Championship last year. Well, he's he's played two hundred games in the Prem, and he's played this. And you think, God, bloody, they signed him for seven million, and it's like a different world. And you're sitting there thinking, you know, we used to players who just, you know, come out of the National League and stuff like that, or you know, thirty-seven-year-old so and so who's, you know, having his last payday, but not anymore. No, you get you're getting players. You're you're coming up against players in their prime who have cost a heck of a lot of money. And it's, it must, it's quite, I mean, I don't know what the players think about it. For, for me, I look at it and it's quite daunting. You think, blimey, you look at that, uh, you look at that Wigan front four that we came across, <laughs> we came up against the other day. You know, it was James McLean, 85 caps for Ireland, Will Keane, Manchester United, Callum Lang, Charlie White, can you think what? How are we supposed to compete with that? Well, you're on an even playing field, and, and, and that's the I suppose that's the pinch yourself moment, isn't it? Really, Mark, I, I, from that point of view, obviously, it's our first season in League One. Mm. You've been in the third tier before, not for a 11 12 yeah. seasons, granted, yeah. but have you still got the same buzz than, than what you did last time? From oh, yeah, getting promotion. Oh, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 fantastic because mainly because of the, some of the places that you're getting to go to. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, going to the Stadium of Light was incredible. I mean, 28,000 people in the Stadium of Light. That's that's four times as many people as you can get in our ground. <laughs> <laughs> that's how many they had for a Tuesday night game. And Lots like, of steps up to the press box, though, oh. unfortunately. <laughs> Take your oxygen cylinder. I think I did about, I think I did about 15,000 steps that day. It was good. <laughs> Um, my step counter was 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 absolutely brilliant, but no, I think. And Michael Duff keeps on saying that's what we got. That's this is why we got promoted to come to places like this. You know, this is this is why 
no disrespect to your to your Barrow and your Harrogate and Forest Green Rovers. Uh, I'd get that one in. Um, no, uh, no disrespect to clubs like that, but you want to be going to places like Wigan and Sunderland and yeah. Portsmouth and Charlton and places like that, don't you? Really, that's what that's what it's all about, and it's all about making progress as a football club. I mean, I, I shouldn't think anybody expected Morecambe to, to get promoted today. I don't think, I think even the most optimistic Morecambe, I mean, normally, and I feel sorry for Morecambe a lot of the time because practically, you're, you're practically every season that you play, you're meant to be getting relegated, aren't you? <laughs> That's how everybody sees it because everybody sees you as a, as a, as a small club. But again, you're a club like Cheltenham who've, who've, you know, who've done it the sensible way and have built gradually and built on built on what you've got and now you're reaping the rewards of it and that's exactly what Cheltenham have done. I mean Cheltenham aren't a rich club, Morecambe aren't a rich club and they've and both clubs have both clubs have sort of kicked against the system in in, in some respects. Cheltenham had the seventeenth biggest budget in League Two last season and won the title. So that shows you. And they've probably got the twenty third or twenty fourth Biggest budget in League One, probably along with Morecambe. Yeah. <laughs> and, and again, both clubs are trying to uh, are trying to kick against the system, aren't they? And Accrington have done it. You know, clubs like Wickham and Burton. Not, yeah. seen, clubs like Wickham and Burton, we've seen go make progress. Yeovil reached the championship. I know they've dropped back again since then, but uh, I think we're sort of flying the flag for the smaller clubs. Us That's those unfashionable sides, isn't it? I suppose if you look at who went up from League Two last season, yeah, okay, okay, Bolton, you would expect that, but then Cambridge. you've got Cambridge, Cheltenham, Morecambe, yeah, and before a ball was kicked at the start of last season, you were yeah. thinking, well, hang on a minute, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not backing any of those horses. Yeah. You'd, you'd have got good odds. I mean, mm. we lost in the we lost in the playoffs the season before, which was an absolute kick in the teeth, really, because we I think we'd have gone straight up, but for COVID. Uh, two seasons ago, when when we lost to Northampton in the playoffs, and yeah, I mean, I love it. I love it. I mean, everybody, everybody in League Two are oh, Salford are going to win it, or Forest Green are going to win it, and all this. Oh, oh. And then you look at it, you think, oh, Cambridge, Cheltenham, and Morecambe, what was going on there then? And I, oh, I love it. I think it's great. And uh, and uh, also, oh, it's the attitude we get as well from from opposition fans. Oh. Ipswich fans, when we beat Ipswich, <laughs> here, oh blimey, it's like the end of the world. You'd think you'd think Ipswich was about to go bust or something because they'd lost to Cheltenham in a league game. Oh, this is the lowest point in our history and all this. What? <laughs> You've lost the way to Cheltenham and we we beat you deservedly, mate. You're in League One. Uh, but a lot of a lot of these a lot of supporters of these so-called big clubs, the the Ipswiches, the Sunderlands, the Sheffield Wednesdays. They can't quite cope with being in League One. No. They can't. They can't cope with the fact that they've got to play Cambridge and Cheltenham and, and Morecambe rather than Chelsea and Wolves and things like that. They, they can't cope with it at all. Especially when we beat them, like Charlton away as well. We went to Charlton and won, and I mean they were they were booing their team after ten minutes. Yeah, because <laughs> they weren't beating us. I think that's the difference, isn't it? The, the likes of of Cheltenham and Morecambe, win, lose or draw. I'm not saying we're just happy to to be there. Yeah. Uh, far from it, but no. we are at the same time enjoying every step of the ride and and yeah. all everything that that brings. Yeah, it's like Ford. Well, 
there's probably there's probably ten teams in league in League One who are going to be up at the top. And then I'd, I haven't seen much difference between between the rest, to be honest with yeah, you. You can let your you can let Wigan, Sunderland, Sheffield Wednesday probably when they get it right, Ipswich probably when they get it right. They're going to be they're going to be up and away, and then you know the, the rest of us will be fighting for to stay out of the bottom four, I think, and that's that's probably how it is. And you have to be realistic about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I think I think most Cheltenham fans are. I mean, we've never finished higher than seventeenth in League One. That's the best we've ever done in our in our history. And and that that's got to be the aim. I think that's Michael Duff. That's where Michael Duff's looking. He won't say it, of course, but I think that's where he's looking. Where he's thinking, right? Okay, if we can finish. Higher than seventeenth in the league, then we've done. Then we've done a good job, and and that and that then allows you to to try and push on again and try and just sort of okay, right, we've reached this this level. We'll try and see if we can get next season. We'll see if we can get to sixteenth, and and that's always the way Michael seems to work, and uh, and that's and that's how it uh, and that's how he that's how he sort of how he works it out, but. We've had a few injuries lately, which has which has sort of not helped us either. When we've been a few key injuries have have, have, have added into why the last sort of three or four games and, and why things probably have just fallen off a little bit from where we were. We'll talk about that in a second, Mark, if we may. But let's talk about Michael Duff's style of play. Of course, mm. the two sides have had a number of great battles, mostly in lead two, of course, over over years gone by. Some great wins for us, some some absolute hammerings. I, I remember last season we came to, to your place in, in the September. And Carlos Mendes Gomez scored in the last minute. We won 2-1 and, and, and that was fantastic. But it has been swings and roundabouts over the last few seasons. Yeah. A lot of Morecambe fans will know about Michael Duff and, and, and how much of a quality manager he is and, and, his, yeah. and his style of play. But yeah. for those that don't, Mark, what can we expect in terms of formations and, and, and how we play and so on? It's normally 3-5-2. It's been 3-5-2 uh, for the vast majority of the time. Last couple of games, he's had to play with a four uh, sim- and a diamond, but simply because uh, we haven't had, because of injuries, really. Um, but normally it's 3-5-2 and... It's going through a little bit of a change because we sold Bento's of the captain to Wrexham uh, in the window. £200,000 we got for him. And he was sort of the key man in the middle of that back three. So Will Boyle's had to take over that sort of mantle. But then he's been injured now for the last uh, last month or so. Should be back in time. Uh, we'll play Accrington Saturday before the Morecambe game on the Tuesday. So he should be back uh, for those games, hopefully. Fingers crossed. Touch wood and all that, but he's been a big miss. Um, so last season, last couple of seasons, it's been Charlie Raglan, Bento as a Will Boyle as the back three, and they they've been they've been the key to to it all. Raglan and Boyle have been injured. Toza has been sold. So <laughs> it's all been a bit of a been a bit of a flux. And then two wing backs normally Chris Hussey on the left, normally Matty Blair on the right, um, and then midfield. And, and 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 he likes to play two up front, and um, he's done that for, for for the vast majority of his three years in charge. So recently, he's had to play a couple of games. We played we played four at the back in the diamond, um, but that's just because of needs must really. And he's trying to more and more now. He's trying to find different ways, and he's finding that in League One, you've got to try and be a bit more flexible when you can find different ways to play. 
sort of find different systems and uh yeah it, so it, it's evolving a little bit sometimes it's a 352 sometimes it's a 343 he played a 343 at child when we won there and, and that was very very effective but then again injuries uh, have really put the kibosh on in the last couple of weeks that's interesting you say that mark because Stephen robinson likes 433 he prefers 433 Cole Stockton up front by himself and, and, and two out-and-out wingers play with lots of width, a triangular midfield and a flat-back four. Mm. Against Wickham last Saturday, we played three at the back. We started with the back three and we went 2 nil up and we were we should have been probably 5 nil up at half-time. We were cruising. Oh, oh, um, every, most games this season for Morecambe have been blockbusters. There hasn't been one damp squib so far. It's a nailed-on nil-nil next Tuesday, now I've said that. But um, we are certainly entertaining, lots of goals for, lots of goals against. It wouldn't surprise me at all if we match up that back yeah. three again next Tuesday. Um, I, I think it, a lot will depend on how we, uh, how we play against Burton on Friday. Um, mm-hmm. But it would, a back three wouldn't surprise me, but 4-3-3 three, three three also wouldn't surprise me either. No, I think if, it, if, if Raglan, Raglan and Boyle are expected to be fit again, Firstly for Saturday against Accrington and then for Tuesday. So I think if they are, then it'll then it'll go back to the three. And it'll probably be Raglan Boyle and Sean Long in that three. Um Sean Long's been playing in there since um, for this season. Uh with Raglan out and the toes are gone. He's sort of been the man to, to slot in. Lewis Freestone's also played a bit on the left hand side. He's had a bit of an up and down time though, a very Bit of a torrid evening at Sunderland, um, and then midfield. Well, we've um, we just brought Dan Crowley in, who played. He played in pre-season. We didn't. We tried to sign him in pre-season. Uh, he's been at Birmingham and Hull, and played a bit in Holland. Started out at Arsenal. Very very skillful play. Played in the um, in the JPT or the Papa John thing against Exeter last week. Had a fantastic game, two-two draw in that one. Um, so he might, uh, he might come in. He's, he'll play a part on Saturday and then again on, on Tuesday. So he's a new arrival because we lost Callum Wright. We had Callum Wright on loan from Leicester. Started the season very, very well. Uh, unfortunately, picked up a bad injury and he's out probably now until the new year. So um, Crowley's been bought in on a on a contract until the new year at the moment as a sort of a stopgap. Uh, not get filling, so uh, he'll he'll play a part. I think uh, fans are very excited about him, and uh, he he had a good game. So we'll see what he can do in the next in the next few months as well. And plenty of potential up top as well, Mark Kyle yeah. Joseph, Kyle Vassell, yeah. who I know hasn't played much so far, but certainly no. has plenty of pedigree and pace and power yeah. at this level. So uh, you've got a few that we need to be aware of up top. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Alfie May. Alfie May is a is a is a real workhorse. He, he works very very hard. He's had he's he scored he scored four. Probably be a bit disappointed. Probably think he could have had a few more goals. He's had a few chances and uh, and yeah, Carver Sell. The thing with him at the moment is we haven't been able to get him fully fit. Really, that's he's, the story of his career, isn't it? Yeah, it's been fits and starts with him because he didn't have a pre season. And um, Michael's hoping. I think the fact that we didn't have a game on Saturday. Uh, and we, we got a bit of a break and he was using, he's basically using that break to 
rest the ones who need rest and work the ones who need work. Yeah. And Carl Vassell is definitely one of those. And hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed that by the end of this of this little break, by the time the weekend comes around, that he'll be he'll be firing a bit more because when he has played, he's made a difference. Yeah. Uh, he played. He came on against Oxford in the last 25 minutes. We were leading 1-0. He was absolutely outstanding. Held the ball up, worked the defenders, gave us an outlet ball. And, and that's the sort of thing that we haven't always had. Um, Joseph's done well, uh, scored on his debut, and he's, he's, looked, he's looked half decent. Christian Norton, we got on loan from Stoke. He's just come in, so he's still sort of working. He's another one who'll just have a bit of work, who's got a bit of work to do. Yeah, so he's got options in that in that front area, um, definitely. And there's there's goals in the team in that front area if you can get them all get them all fit and firing, definitely. How are you with uh, set pieces, Mark? We have conceded a heck of a lot of goals from set plays, cheap free kicks around the box, corners, and a lot of late goals as well. I think uh, three times already at least this season. Uh, we have lost points in stoppage time. So, so how are you in both of those areas? Not great. <laughs> Goals from set pieces have been a bit of an Achilles heel. We conceded one at Preston. We conceded one at Sunderland. Uh, we conceded both goals against Rotherham. Were second phases from corners. Uh, the first one was Scott Flinders punched it out. Shot came back in. He, he got deflected. He half-saved it. Well, we put it in. The second one... Was a corner half cleared and the left sided centre half smacked it in from twenty five yards. So and yeah, against Wickham as well at home. Yeah, we, we it's been a bit of a problem conceding goals from set pieces. Oh, so should be uh, interesting then. <laughs> yeah, I mean because of course we used to have the long throw and we don't have the long throw anymore. Sean Long can take a long throw, but it's nowhere near what the toes are long throw was. It's not a bullet into the box like the toes are long throw, which was so effective for us. Um, so we've had to, again, find a different way with that. Uh, our set pieces have been pretty poor. Corners haven't been great. I don't think we've scored from a corner this year. I don't think. No, I don't think we have. Um, so, yeah, our, our own set piece delivery has been has been disappointing. Chris Hussey's normally the man for that, and he's uh, he's not quite hit the hit the straps yet. Of course, not having Raglan and Boyle hasn't helped again because they're the targets. They're the two who you sort of aim for in the box to uh, to, to get on the end of it. Boyle got on the end of one. The winner against Ipswich, he got on the end of that. Um, but no, we haven't uh, we haven't been fantastic from uh, from set pieces. So uh, that'll be an interesting. Uh, an interesting thing to look at when the when the game comes around. And certainly from our point of view, Mark, obviously you need to keep an eye on Cole Stockton. His his whole game has gone up at another level. It's not just his goals, yeah. his all round play. He's not just yeah. a big target man. He's not just a big lump up front. I mean, he's, he's, no. he's not been that for a couple of years, really. But he's added so much more to his game, bringing people in comfortable mm. with his back to the ball. You don't want to give him his goals. And, yeah. yeah, you don't want to give him. You don't want to give him the ball. 25, 30 yards out and allow him to turn and run at the defence, you might be in trouble then. Mm. No, I've seen some of his goals and he seems to have scored all, all manner of goals yeah. this year. The only thing he hasn't Not scored just... is a header. 
I was going to say, I thought that. <laughs> I thought that. I thought he hasn't got the end of a cross yet. Oh, yeah. so, uh, but no, uh, no. to be fair, I mean, Stephen Robinson, he's changed the squad around quite a lot, hasn't he? 19 uh, new players. Yeah, Stephen Robinson. He's 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 been able to sort of uh, put his own mark on it quite quickly, it seems. I mean, personally, I thought when he lost... Losing losing Mendes Gomez, I thought, oh, that might be a bit of anything, but it seems to have been a problem at all. Then when I saw Sam Lavelle had gone, I thought, I mean, he's always been a player I like. Yeah. I've, I've always been a fan of his. I thought, I thought he's always a he's a he's a decent player, and uh, I thought when he went, but it, hasn't, it all seems to have been quite uh, quite seamless for for Morecambe so far. I think um, we're certainly in terms of recruitment we've done well in terms of who we've got in. We've not obviously paid a fee for anybody. It's a mixture of experience, players that the gaffer knows because he's managed them in the past or he's seen them in in Mm -hmm. Scottish Premiership or or whatever else he's been. And also one or two, I suppose you would call them, not not gambles as such, but certainly players with potential, let's say. Mm. Uh, We've got all sorts in the squad, like Arthur Nahua, not really yeah. done it at League One level before. A little, know, bit, of a, little bit yeah. of a punt, but it's turned out yeah. to be absolutely terrific for us. Shane uh, McLaughlin, Scott, Scott Woodson. Um, yeah. and, and, and there's other players across the all, all positions, really, who yeah. you think, well, on paper, that doesn't sound like an, an exciting signing, but so far, so good. Yeah, Iunga from Bristol Rovers is another one, isn't he? Sort of you a... look at him on paper, you think, oh, he's only scored, what is it, twice in 70 games or whatever. Well, um, that, yeah, that's not great, is it? But yeah. you then watch him play yeah. and you can see exactly why why we sign. I mean, you, you, I'm sure you've seen the goal he scored against Wickham Mark. It was yeah. Yeah, absolutely okay. terrific. He just a couple bulldozed of... his way in and boom. Yeah, there's a couple of players in there that we that we wanted. No, we wanted from Calmont. I know that Michael Duff was involved in the count and the other one's Adam Phillips because of his Burnley connections. Yeah. I know that Michael was uh, was interested in in Adam Phillips, especially after what he did for you last season. Scored the penalty, didn't he, at Wadden in the in the game in the game last year? So yeah, there's a couple of players there that I know that uh, that Michael was after. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, looking at the squad and looking at your team, it's uh, he, he's done well. Mm. Recruitment wise, that Ryan Delaney as well. The uh, is that Ryan Delaney, the centre back from from Bolton as well. Yeah, is he there? Yeah, he's he's yeah he's he's another good one. I like Gibson, the left back. He's not bad. He's he's he was he, he did well. He did well for you last year as well, didn't he? He might so, not play for if, if if Greg Lee is fit. He's got a bit of a hamstring yeah, yeah. issue at the moment. But if if Greg think, Lee is fit, yeah. he is probably the first choice. But Gibbo's come in the last. Last few games and done really well too. So we yeah. we've got options. And Dia Garag is always a he's a class. He's, a, he's, he's a, class. Reliable, a reliable man, isn't he? In the middle of that midfield, he just ticks Absolute it over. Quality. Just ticks it over nicely, doesn't he? And done it for he's done it for years. Because of course he's he was with Derek, wasn't he? He was here with Derek, Derek bought him in because he's no, he's no, he's known him all over the place, isn't he? At Swindon and Kenneth and all sorts of places. No, he's a, yeah. As you say, it is a mix of youth and experience, isn't it? That you've you've got there. We've got that in. We've got that in a way. We've got we've got people like Flinders in goal, Circum, Hussey, Blair. You know, they're all sort of alongside of thirty, so and they've all been there and been there and done it in in League One, and and they're the ones who are sort of now that Toes has gone, they're the ones who've had to sort of take up that mantle. And Boyle as well. Boyle's really. Who's the captain now? He's sort of taken over that that role from 
Quintoza, and he's our longest serving player. So, yeah, it's um, yeah, it should be a good game. I mean, I say we we, we scored in every game bar bar the last three. Um, defensively, we're not as we haven't been as solid as we were, but that's down to injuries. So, as you say, it'd probably be a nil nil. <laughs> well, that's my final question to you, Mark. If I may, let's uh, let, let, let's have a prediction both of uh, of the game on Tuesday and how both clubs are going to be faring at the end of the season. Well, I think both clubs will stay up. Yeah, that's my that's my opinion. I do think both clubs will stay up. I think, but I think both will have to fight for it. I think both clubs will have to fight for it because I'm sure that we'll go. I'm sure that both teams will at some point have a dodgy run. Hopefully we've just had ours with those last three games that we've played. Um, <sighs> prediction for Tuesday. Um, I'd like to say we'll win. I'd like to say we'll, we'll edge it 2-1. So I think I, I might just say that we'll edge it 2-1 just because we're at home, really. Uh but uh, as I say, I've got a soft spot for Morecambe, and uh, I do hope that uh, I hope I, I hope that both teams will stay up because, uh, as I say, I like them. I like going to Morecambe. I like I like uh, I like playing. I like playing Morecambe. Really appreciate your time, Mark. Thank you so much. Um, and we look forward to the game on Tuesday, of course. Uh, so uh, good luck for the rest of the season after Tuesday. And then we look forward to seeing you at the Mizuma later in the season. The pies as well, Mark, you'll be delighted to know are as good as they've ever been. Excellent. Excellent. Highlight of the trip, I have to say. Highlight of the trip. Appreciate that, Mark. Thanks very much indeed, and we'll catch you very soon. Thank you, Dave. Cheers. A huge thank you to uh, local journalist with Gloucestershire Live, Mark Halliwell, radio commentator, broadcaster, long-time follower of Cheltenham Town Football Club for uh, the lowdown on uh, all things Robins ahead of Morecambe's trip to the southwest on Tuesday. Join us from 7.30 on Beyond Radio and on iFollow for the build-up and full match commentary of Cheltenham Town against Morecambe. Myself, Dave Salmon, joined as ever by Matt Smith from the Shrimps media team. We'll look forward to your company then. That's just about it, Shrimps fans. Thanks as ever for your ears. We always appreciate it. And we'll speak to you next time. Every kick, every game, every goal. Following Morecambe FC in League One. Full match commentary of Morecambe FC on Beyond Radio. This is Shrimps Live from Beyond Radio.